the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. Now, here's Sue Freeze. Thank you so much for joining the Sue Freeze Show, and I'm so thankful to be with you today. It's a beautiful, beautiful day. We've had some weather issues, and I was traveling, and ah, wow, um... I have a tan and it's, you know, it's March and I've got a tan. Why? Because I went someplace where the sun was shining. I left rain and wind and all of that. And I went where it was nice and warm and sunny and could go in the water and just, you know, kind of precursor for the summer. And so I hope you guys all have plans or make plans to do something fun because we have been trapped and kind of caged for way too long. And we really need to get out there and enjoy life as much as we can. You know, we only have so many hours, we only have so many days, months, weeks, and we don't even know. We have no uh, crystal ball to know when our time is up. So no time better than the present to say something lovely and kind to somebody, and no time better than the present to build those lovely family, friend, memories. Um, And smiling and laughing is a great thing, and isn't it wonderful to be able to see faces again? I just love it. I noticed, and maybe you did too, that there was a change. There was a change in my personality when I couldn't smile. I noticed that when I got on a plane, instead of me striking up conversation and learning about the person sitting next to me, I kind of kept to myself. There was no conversation, and there was no smiles, and it was just kind of sad, and I know you know what I'm saying. It's It was really a tough time, and I'm glad that uh, that we're getting to where we can smile and see other people's smiles and uh, you know, just to be warm and friendly again is really a lov- lovely thing. So when I came back from this trip and, you know, you have time to just regroup and, and rest, um, I think that I just had a new perspective. I, I came back and I was rested. Um, I I got away from the everyday stresses to where I could maybe uh, sense things or see things from a different perspective. You know, our time is so valuable, isn't it? And what we do with our minutes is so important to our future. And you're going to have people in your life that zap you. People that take way too much energy that's negative. Negative energies. And yes, everybody wants to be understood. I know I really enjoy it when I feel like I've been understood. And the most frustrating thing for me is to feel misunderstood. And I know you probably understand that too. You've felt both of those. And one feels a whole lot better than the other. That is for sure. So in doing this, we have a staff meeting on Mondays. And so Mondays, we were talking and all of a sudden, I gave an example of how mothers are with their children and how, you know, what do we do with our children or what should we do with our children as far as the healthy boundaries and how children feel better when they, they have boundaries. 
they feel more secure in their situation. The people that don't have boundaries, they feel like there's no hemming them in. There is no boundary and there's no, they might feel unloved or valued because there's no boundary. So in talking with my staff, I have seven key reports that report to me. And on Monday, we had this special roundtable. And they were talking about the issues that were at hand. And we had had a person that was hired and ended up not being a good fit. And that's fine. Uh, Move on. And today's another day. I was talking to one person, and they were talking about the attitude of another person. And even though the heart is in the right place and wanting to get things done is in the right place. There was this attitude of if this one person talked to this other person, there was, it wasn't welcomed. It wasn't as uh, team playing as it could be. So the question was, what would you do in that situation if it was your child and your child gave you attitude when you had asked for something to get done? And it was really interesting how the light went on because We actually know, as mothers, we know that we're supposed to train them up in the way they shall go. Now, I'm making a comparative between boss energy of of the office and discipline in the office versus at home. But if you think about it, how different is it, really? You know, boundaries are boundaries, whether it's your child, a mother-child, or a spouse-to-spouse, or a friend-to-friend, sister-brother. We all have to decide for ourselves where our boundaries are, right? And that wasn't the topic for today. The topic is a mother's love. Because on the most part, I would say that I had to learn that early on, that, you know, if my child wanted to cross the street, which is a life and death decision, I had to really drive the message home. And it was a very strong and stern message that if you step off that curb, you will get spanked. Because I love you so much. I love you so much that I want to protect you anytime, anywhere I can. God wants to do that for us too. You realize that. But he gives us freedom of choice. He gives, he gives our children freedom of choice. But it's up to us parents, anyone that you love, you know, when you are responsible or you feel like you're protective over a person, you want them to understand that it's safety. And in our our company, we say safety comes first, because we have to think about that because we can avoid having a huge problem if we just think about it first. And isn't that true with the child crossing the street or putting getting halfway across the street and a car coming? God forbid. How about the pool? Firemen talk about it all the time that they go to these calls where the child drowned because there was just a split second of distraction. The parents weren't watching or the whoever was responsible for watching got distracted for a second. It was just a second. Sometimes that's all it takes, right? So I was talking to my staff about what we do as parents and what we will allow and what we won't allow. Now, if your child acts up and you're asking them to clean their room, this was the, the situation. You ask them to clean their room and they act it up. Do you just clean their room for them? Because in the workplace, a lot of the times our managers are taking on the work of other people. Why? Because they would rather do it than have a hassle. And so they do it, but then they can't do their job. So all of a sudden they're doing the work of two or three or four when really it should be this other person that should be getting this done And why are they not? And so that's the question on that, right? So a mother's love. Early on, mothers, fathers, 
we need to be thinking about training our children up. Yes, for the love of God. Yes, for the love of God. For the love of God, we need to train our children up to love him, know who he is, get to know him, have a relationship so that when they come across things, when you're not there to protect them, that they've got somewhere else to go to figure this out. They've got scriptures to lean back on. Correct? Yes. But also we need to teach them that the reason we're disciplining is we're discipling them. We're disciples. We are making our children disciples. We're making our employees. We're hoping and guiding them that we're going to discipline them in the manner in which they're going to be better human beings. And so if I go into scriptures regarding moms and mothers love, I want to do that because there's so much on this. I've got multiple pages here on this. I know it's not Mother's Day right now, but I also know that maybe we need to take a moment to say thank you to our moms. And how many times have we heard the soldiers or somebody that's getting ready to die? It's their last breath. And they're saying, Mom, I just want to tell you how much I love you. And I thank you so much for loving me. How many times do you hear that or see that? And it's the last thing they think about is their mother's love. Now, not all of us had the best moms. I had a great mom. But not all of us are gifted or blessed enough to have a great, great mom. But can you think of somebody that's taken on that role for you? My mom didn't. My mom's mom um, was in, not in a position to mom or mother, my mom. So my mother was raised by her grandmother. And the wisdom in my mother was just so far beyond that now I realize way now that it was because she had the wisdom of two generations, uh, you know, mom and grandma. And she was raised by her grandma. So it's kind of interesting that that whole situation. So no love is more patient than a mother's love. Does that mean we don't lose our cool? No. (laughs) It definitely doesn't mean that. It really doesn't because we are human and we're going to fall short. But if we are constantly losing our temper and we've got a temper problem or an anger problem, we definitely need to repent and we need to get help. That's another story. But we are going to fall short. I just heard Greg Laurie on the way in today saying that um, we are going to sin. It's repetitive sin. The same sin, repetitive, is where we have to repent and we have to change our ways. And I thought that was so good, and I'm glad I get to share that with you. Thank you, Greg Laurie, for that. No matter how old they get, children will always remember the impact their mothers have on their lives from positive guidance and representation of unwavering faith to delivering unconditional love and teachable moments. Mothers are the real life heroes of our lives with the daily pressures of going above and beyond in every aspect of their own lives. However, moms can sometimes feel anything but the love and support that they give out. Hey, moms, how many of you can relate to that? And while a supportive circle can provide a listening ear and a safe place to vent, sometimes just having a few Bible verses for mothers or about mothers readily available can be helpful to them in their time of need. So mothers, if you need these scriptures, I'm going to be going through them and you might go, you know what? I want to memorize that, or I'm going to write it down, put it on an index card, put it close, put it in my car, put it on my mirror, do whatever in order for you to get strengthened in your time of need. Listen, I'm a grandmother now and I'm just, it's just the best of the best of the best. Thank you, Tiana and Mark for having two children. And I know they're going to have more. And these kids are just 
a delight, beyond delight. They just bring tears to my eyes and make me smile so big because they're just so adorable. And I see a piece of me in them, and I think the piece came from mom. And I have to tell you, this is such a funny story that, you know, I see my my granddaughters. I try to make a, a point of seeing them at least once a week. And when I go over there, I'll do something with Montana. She's the older. She's two now. And I go over there and I'll throw her up or I'll sing her a song or I'll say some verse or I'll do something. And my daughter looks over at me and I go, what? She goes, I do that with her and I've never seen you do that. I said, honey, I used to do this with you. And she goes, oh, and it's just the cutest thing ever. But she's a, it almost happens every single week. She's like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. And I said, yeah, see what I'm doing with her? I did this with you. And she just gets the biggest smile on her face. And it just warms my heart so much that even though mentally in her brain she doesn't remember, she remembers because she's doing it with her daughter. It's just the cutest, cutest thing ever. I know, grandmas. We get it, don't we? Just like those that they divvy out encouragement, care, and love to, mothers desire and require the same. Hello, children. While we often look at them as superwoman in human form, their needs are just as important as everyone else's. And moms, though rarely expressing their needs, often consider themselves last in everything. That's why it's good for moms who practice Christianity or are perhaps just spiritually inclined to know that there are amazing stories about women in the Bible that can be read to help uplift, strengthen, remind them of the undeniable power that God has given them. So whether you need the ideal verse to add to a Mother's Day card or just to say something to your mother or write something, it doesn't have to be Mother's Day to give appreciation, does it? And love? No. Song of Solomon 8.2, I would lead you, I would bring you to my mother's house. She would teach me what to do. I would give you spice wine to drink, some of my fresh pomegranate juice. The good news in that, no matter how old you are, there's something to learn from mothers. No matter how old you are, there's something to learn. Ephesians 6.1.3, as for children, obey your parents in the Lord, because it is right. The commandment, honor thy father and mother, is the first one with the promise attached. Do you know what the promise is? That when you honor your father and mother, so that things will go well for you and you will live for a long time in the land. So when you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you and you will live for a long time in the land. Isn't that great news? With the wisdom that you inherit from your parents, you will be able to live a thriving life. It's so funny with the thought that came to me then is how many times have you maybe gotten in trouble and your mom sends you to your room or whatever she however she disciplines you and you say to yourself, when I'm a mother, I am never going to do that. Have you ever done that? I certainly did. And I found that later when I was a mother, I did exactly that or something near it, and I had to evaluate because I remembered that I made that statement way back when. But did I understand everything then? No, I didn't. And then as a mother, we can reevaluate. Okay, was that healthy? Was that functional? Or is that dysfunctional? Because, you know, we all have a little bit of that in uh, living life. We just have dysfunction. There is some of that going on for sure. 
and being able to call it out and recognize it helps us be healthier for those that we're training and coaching along the way. Does it mean that someone that's dysfunctional is a bad person? No. Does it mean that, that, you know, there's room for improvement? Of course, there is for each and every one of us. And you know that scripture that says, don't focus on the speck in their eye, focus on the log that's in yours. You know, we really need to do that because there's so many times we're pointing the finger and there's three pointing back at us. I mentioned that to the my bookkeeper, Kim. She's been with me 20 years. And I mentioned that. She goes, oh, I've heard that one before. And yes, and it's so true. But we do need to focus on the log in our own eye. If you are judging or you're evaluating some other person, I would say ask yourself if you have the same trait. Do you do that same thing? Because nine times out of 10, when there's something that annoys you about somebody else, when you actually do a soul search, you're going to find that you have that. You do that. And so instead of looking outwardly, look inwardly and see if you can correct that because you'll be a better person. And isn't that what we're striving for? I hope so. I know I am. I want to be a better person. (sighs) Tell the older women to be reverent in their behavior, teaching what is good rather than being gossips or addicted to heavy drinking. That way they can mentor young women to love their husbands and children and to be sensible, morally pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their own husbands so that God's word won't be ridiculed. Mothers can always set a good example for their young children, even if they're not their own children. There's so many times that I really desired and made it comfortable for the children to come to our house to play. And so I found that I was the mother second mother, adopted mother for a lot of my children's friends. And when I got into gymnastics, I was, I was ruled or voted on as the team mother because I just mothered everybody. Do you know to this day I'm still mothering everybody? And you know, it's not a bad thing. I think it's a good thing. Um, I think that you have to be careful how you mother. And sometimes it's just coaching. It could be disciplining. It could be training. But all in all, I look at things and I'll go, you know, if you really look at people through God's eyes, does he not see all of us as his children? We're all his children and he loves us unconditionally. Does he want us to try? Does he want us to desire to know him better? Of course he does. He says it in scripture. Does he say that we're going to fail and we're going to sin? Yes, he says that too. But his grace is sufficient and he forgives sins. But let's recognize them when they happen so that we can be better. You know, it's like correction, correction every step of the way. It's like, oops, okay, I didn't need to say that. I probably should have said this. Maybe I need to filter my words a little more. Maybe I need to take a deep breath before I say anything. Maybe I need to write it, not send, push send. Maybe, just maybe, that could be you too. Proverbs thirty-one twenty-seven. She is vigilant over the activities of her household. She doesn't eat the food of laziness. Most of the moms I know, they they don't have time to be lazy. Most of the moms I know. And they're vigilant in activities because we are are multitasking. Mamas have to do that because there's more than one child. This one has to get potty trained. That one needs to sit at the seat so that you can spend a little time with the other one. It's amazing how you learn how to be really efficient because you have to in order to get things done. I remember like, oh, man, all I want to do is take a shower. I couldn't take a shower because my kid, I had to wait for the nap. But when one was down, one was up. So what am I going to do? 
Okay, so I finally decided I'm going to take one into the shower with me. I'm going to put a little rubber plugger over the drain, and they're going to play in the water while I take my shower. Oh, my goodness, I had 10 minutes of, oh, so wonderful, right? Those simple little things that maybe we could share with another mom would be great. Those new moms, man, they don't have it figured out yet, and I, I sure appreciate it when someone would give me a helpful hint. It was helpful. So be there for other moms. You never know what they're needing. 1 Corinthians 13, 4, 7. Above all, faith, hope, and love, the greatest of these is love, correct? So 1 Corinthians 13 is the love chapter. And it says this, and I want you to ask yourself if you are being this way. And whenever you feel like you're not being this way, ask which one of these things you need work on. You ready? Love is patient. How many out there, if you raised your hand, which I can't see, but if you raised your hand would say, I need to work on my patience. How many would say kind? Love is kind. Are you always, it's a big word, always kind? And when are you not kind? What does it take? What level does it take for you to get unkind? It isn't jealous when somebody else is succeeding. If somebody else is doing something good, do you, do you raise them up and say, wait a go? Or do you say, you know, which, which person are you? Are you the, are you the buzzkill? Are you the downer? Or are you the person that's saying way to go? You know, wow, I'm so proud of you. Or I'm so excited for you. Doesn't brag. Everybody's been around somebody that does that. There's a lack of confidence there. If somebody has to brag. Because people can see, people know, you know, you don't have to brag. We don't have to brag. Isn't arrogant. Okay, how do you feel about being around a person that's arrogant? Then ask yourself, are you? Just ask yourself if you are. And if you are arrogant, you're not being loving. That's how this, this chapter goes. So you can do a check and balance, right? It isn't rude. If you're tuning in right now, I just want to tell you, thank you for tuning in. And I want you to know that you're talking or you're listening to the Sue Free Show. Sue Free, spelled like fries, one word.com. I would love for you to go there and check it out. There is so much information on that website that you really, really, it would be so great to have you go there and connect with me. Please connect with me. Tell me what you think. You know, I'm on Christian radio. I'm on country now. It's so exciting. And I just want you to tell me what you think about the Sue Free Show. Because you know what? I would love to get better if there's any suggestions. I want to know. I have one person that just says I don't say Jesus enough and I don't talk about sin enough. Okay, so I'm talking about Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. And sin, yes, I've mentioned that numerous times today. So that's really good. I think I've I've hit the quota on this person. Maybe maybe that person will find someone else to uh, to pick on or come up with something else that maybe I need to work on. And that's okay, too. So anyway, uh, that's, that's what I'm going to say on that subject. We are going to go into part two, and I'm going to continue on this. And I want to say that every day should be Mother's Day. And it is because we have the blessing of our children. You know, the Lord chose the woman to carry the baby. And there was a reason for that. You know, the man is, you know, from way back when is the hunter. He goes out and gets the food and brings it back and provides for us. And the woman is the nurturer. She's the one that nurtures. And and both positions are, are so important, both of them. So we will be back with more of the Sue Freeze show right after this brief break. Have you noticed more insects or rodents in your yard or maybe in your home? Warmer weather means it's mating season. 
Judy. What's your sign? Hi, this is Sue Freeze of Ecola Termite Pest Control, but you can call me the Termite Lady. And I'm Tyson Freeze, manager at Ecola. When pests start mating, they start looking for food supplies. Your pantry, your garage, and a quick infestation can cost hundreds in tainted food. You don't want pests in your house. We know how to find and eliminate them before they can settle in. Call us for our free pestimate at 877-332-BUGS. New customers get $50 off any initial treatment. Pests hate that we make our service so affordable. Don't let insects and rodents move in. Call E. Cola now, 877-332-BUGS. That's 877-332-BUGS. Or online at termitelady.com. E. Cola, powerful termite and pest control. As gentle as a butterfly. E. Cola, 877-332-BUGS, termitelady.com. What would you do if your two-year-old child simply stopped breathing? The day businesswoman and author Sue Freeze discovered her son had developed life-threatening asthma, her life changed forever, sending her on a path of learning, discovery, and environmental activism. Sue's book, Learning to Breathe, chronicles her amazing life-and-death battle for her son Tyson's life, a how-to manual for parents of children with asthma, revealing the secret causes, surprising cures, and the untold truth about harmful indoor allergens. Written with the passion of a loving mother, wisdom of a successful businesswoman, and deep spiritual devotion, Learning to Breathe is a hero's journey for the parent in all of us. If your child suffers from asthma, this must-read book could save your child's life. Learning to Breathe by author Sue Freeze, available on Amazon, or log on to SueFreeze.com. That's SueFreeze.com. SueFreeze.com. You're listening to The Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. And here again is Sue Freeze. Thank you so much, Ecola Termite and Pest Control, for sponsoring this show. I'm so thankful. It has been, I don't even know where I am. Is it 13 years, 12 years? How many years? I don't remember. Um, let's see, 2000, so tw- 12 years. It's been 12 years because we're in March, and that's when I started back in uh, 2010. Yeah, crazy, huh? Wow, that's a long time. And when I was asked to do this, I'm like, are you crazy right now? You're asking me to do that when I have 16-hour days? And uh, what am I going to talk about? What am I going to call it? And here we are, 12 years later, still going strong. And I feel so blessed and so fortunate. And I really believe that God's got something bigger and better in store moving forward. Have you ever felt that when you're under attack or when you you feel like there's all this negative circumstances going on, you know, that's when he's preparing. He has the time because you have to really dig in and dig deep and lean on him even more in those tough times, right? We lean on Jesus when when we need him most. He wants us to lean on us always. But when we need him most, when we feel like things are running out of control, I know some of you are feeling that way right now, and I totally get you. And God gets you even more. He knows where you are. Do you realize that? He knows exactly where you are. And he's right there with you, and you might not feel that. But I can tell you, he's right with you because I have felt like you feel. And it wasn't till later I realized he was with me because I felt really alone. Now, the devil wants you to feel isolated. He wants you to be alone. So the best thing you can do is reach out, reach up and reach out. And when you do this, you're going to find that you're going to feel better because 
For instance, this just happened to me. I have a friend named Sue Laurie. I haven't talked to her in for so long. And she liked something I said about being an entrepreneur and how tough it is to be an entrepreneur. People think it's like, you know, easy, but it's really not. Okay. You feel like you're alone a lot. Um, you can't talk about the issues you are having or facing with a lot of people. So this person posted this and I read it and said, oh, no, I'm not going to be that vulnerable. I'm not going to share that. And I, it came back again the next day and I thought, no, I am going to share it because there's other entrepreneurs out there and they may not share it. And so I'm going to share it for them and for me. And Sue Laurie liked it. And that's all just I saw that she liked it. And I thought, that's so cool. I think she said something like, I totally agree. Totally get it with you, you know. And it was so nice to have someone say, uh-huh, yeah, I understand what you're saying. And I wasn't saying it. I was just sharing it. But I was feeling it. And I felt it for many, many years. I've been doing my business for 41 years. And it's kind of lonely sometimes. You're holding the burden. And uh, you have the most skin in the game. And so it's, it's kind of s- sometimes lonely. So with that being said, um, I was driving home and I had a two hour drive and I'm in my car and I'm like, who can I talk to? I just need someone to keep me company while I'm driving. Cause I do that a lot. Hands free, of course. Anyway, <laughs> so I dialed Sue Lori and she answered. She was, oh my gosh, Sue. Hi, how are you? How are you? And she's, I said, how are you? And she started telling me the situation she's facing. She was talking about, she owns a dance studio of children. She loves kids. And she said the most difficult part is the parents. Isn't that funny? The moms. Imagine that. The moms are the most difficult part. And I can remember coaching soccer. And my son was the best, uh, really good player. He was always where the ball was so he could turn that ball around. Defense, offense, didn't matter. Tyson was there. Okay. But because I was the coach, I had to make him sit the bench because all the kids needed to play. We would have won a lot more games if I could have just played Tyson. But I couldn't. Because I had to be fair and I had to play all the children and give them a chance. And so I did and we lost. And that was tough for me. And it was really tough for Tyson because he knew, Mom, just let me get in there. You know, so that's tough. So here's her and she's dealing with these children and most of them are happy. The kids are great. They're happy. But the moms and then this mom was unhappy. And this mom started to talk at the other moms. And I had this in my office. I I had someone there that didn't really understand, didn't know how we worked and what we did. And all of a sudden there was division and rumor and gossip. And that does nothing but hurt anything. It's just God says, don't do it. And there's a reason why he tells us not to do it. And he tells us why it's just division. It's you're dividing. The unity is no longer united because you got this stuff and it's third party, fourth party. Where's the truth in it? How do you even discover the truth in that? I heard a pastor talk to a guy who came to him and said, you know, I really have this thing. I gossiped about this thing and I don't know what to do about it. And he goes, go up to the highest top mountain on the windiest day, take a pillow and rip the pillow apart. Well, what happened? The feathers flew everywhere in the town. They flew everywhere. And his demonstration was saying that when we gossip, when we send rumors, What happens is you can't gather all the feathers back. There is no way he could go to that town and collect every feather. And the impact was so huge. There was no way to correct it completely. I hope you get my point because I thought it was very visual. The visual on that was so um, deep for me that I remembered it. And it was a long, long time ago. And for some reason, God said, say that right now. I'm like, okay, I will. So I did. 
our whole service today, our whole uh, show today is on a mother's love and not only a mother's love, but just love, period, because we all have a responsibility to love one another. He tells us to do that. Does he not? I happen to be a mom. I'm a grandma. And I have to tell you that um, there were times, moms, that I just felt like I, 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 need, be- I need sleep. I need help. I need a break. Uh-huh. I know. I see you. I hear you. I feel you. And I have to tell you that, you know, my sister, I called her up. She had a, a child that was, oh my gosh, how old, much older, not much older, about a year. And I called her up and said, Debbie, does it ever get easier? And I remember her response. It doesn't get easier. It just gets different. Every stage is different. And moms, we have to stay ahead of the discipline that's going to go with whatever they do wrong. You have to have your discipline in your head ahead of time. You have to plan this out so you know when they fail, when they fall short. You got to keep the goal in mind, which is you're training them up so that they'll be able to make adult decisions when temptation hits the door. You know, should I get in that car when they're drinking? Should I cross the street without looking both ways or having someone's hand? Should I? We need to teach our children so they make those decisions whether we're there or not. And there's going to come a time that you're going to have to just trust the Lord and all the training up until that point. Trust the Lord. But you've got training to do, parents, from the day they're born till the day they get those keys. Just saying. The day my son was born, I had an anxiety attack because I pictured the day I would give him his keys. And I'm like, I have work to do because I want to protect this kid as much as I can. And don't we all want to do that as parents? I hope so. I hope so. Listen, my son, to your father's instruction. Don't neglect your mother's teaching, for they are a graceful wreath on your head and beads for your neck. Though we may not see it, when we're young, a mother's teaching should be held close to the heart. Luke two fifty one. Jesus went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. His mother cherished every word in her heart. A mother's joy is one that cannot be duplicated. Deuteronomy five sixteen. Honor your father and your mother exactly as the Lord your God requires so that your life will be long. This is a repeat, but it's good from the first show. And so that things will go well for you on the fertile land that the Lord your God is giving you. The good news, God asks us to honor our mothers and our fathers in the way he designed because there was a reason he chose us for them. God chose our parents for us and he chose us for our parents. Very interesting to think about, isn't it? So even when we're mad at our parents, even when we think, what, where did you come from? What planet are you on? Just understand there's a plan. God had a plan, right? First Timothy 5, 2, treat older women like your mother and treat younger women like your sisters with appropriate respect. Do we all do that all the time? Do we do that? Something can be learned from women of all ages. We must respect them at all times. Lately, respect has been coming up a lot in my world, in my life, respect. And people say, well, um, we need to respect each other. Well, yes, we do. It is a two-way street. There has to be respect on both sides. And it's just like trust. We both need to trust each other. We have to believe in each other. If we don't, can we truly, truly have a relationship at all? 
I mean, at what level can you have a relationship? Hi, bye, how's the weather? Sure, we can have that kind of relationship. But if we really want to be intimate, intimate is into me see. That's intimacy, right? Into me see. And the more into you see, the more intimate you can be. I'm a poet and didn't know it. I want to remember that. So I've got to go back to this because I loved what that, what I just said then. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All right. So Psalm 1139, he settles a childless woman in her home as a happy mother of children. Praise the Lord. You know, there's women that can't bear children. They can't have children, but that doesn't mean they can't help with children that don't have mommies, right? Proverbs 31, when my mother died, she died at 74, um, and she went in for a um, carotid artery, and before she went in, she handed me this ring that I'm wearing, and she says, well, if I fall asleep and I don't wake up, that's not a bad way to go. And I said to her as she's getting wheeled in there, Mom, don't talk like that. We'll see you on the other side. We're going to see you when, when you're done with the surgery. We're going to see you on the other side. My mother never woke up. And this ring is always on my hand, and it's my remembrance. And, you know, my heart, having my mom close to my heart is, you know, she's there. And she's always watching over me, and she smiles over me. She's smiling at me right now. Sorry, getting emotional. Um, but at her funeral... My two sisters and I were like, how do you describe our mom? And we had a Bible on the coffee table. but It wasn't opened very often, and we didn't go to church regularly, believe that or not. Okay, it was later in life when I, my marriage was suffering, and I was trying to figure out how to fix my marriage is when I really drew near to the Lord. I accepted God a lot sooner than that because my parents were on the outs, and I thought that if I um, got saved and understood God, that maybe he could heal my parents' marriage. Because parents, you have no idea the devastation it causes for children when the parents don't love each other. It's just devastating. And they see that and all they want is security. And to have two parents that are bickering and fighting in front of their kids, it's, it's really, really sad. And your kids don't miss anything. Just know that. They don't miss anything. So they see the little rolling of the eyes. They see crossed arms. They see, um, you know, just attitude. They hear the attitude. They hear the tone. But they also see when there is a loving family. And I just, I can see pictures of children where their family, their parents are in love. And the little kids are looking up just like with stars in their eyes. I just feel so secure and calm and comfortable in this. I didn't grow up with that. I didn't at all. I had a very passive-aggressive family, dysfunctional. Um, it could be worse. I could have had a worse. I know there's people out there that, yeah, you think you had a bad, and you're right. But I didn't have a loving family. I didn't have the role models that I wished I had. My dad never said, I love you, ever. I longed for him to say, I love you, and he never did. Until I was 18 years old in an elevator, and he was helping me move into my college dorm. It's the first time he ever said, I love you. And I thought I was hearing things. I stopped the elevator. I said, excuse me, what, what, what? And I say that because parents, our love for our children, it's so important that you show it and that you verbalize it. They need you so badly. So somebody needed to hear that. And I'm hoping you hear me loud and clear. Kids, don't, don't wait. 
to tell your parents either that you love them. So when getting back to my mom and uh, trying to figure out how to describe her, we came up with Proverbs 31 woman, a wife of noble character who can find she is worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. Well, my mom divorced and she got married. She got divorced and got married. And she married a lieutenant colonel. And that relationship, out of all the marriages, was the best. And even it needed help. But it was much better. But we just put Proverbs 31 as our mom because she never stayed idle. She loved her children unconditionally. She was there for us. Um, Even though the marriage failed, she was still there for us, and we knew we could depend on her. So the love and support of your husband is just as important as the love and support you give both him and your children. So, moms, it's important that you love your husband, and husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. That's another whole radio show. Isaiah forty thirty one. I circled. This is really a good one, and I want to memorize this. I don't. I remember it, but I don't have it memorized. So here it goes. Are you ready? But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Mothers, did you hear that? Hope in the Lord will renew your strength. Getting some sleep could help. But from the inner core of your inner being, find your hope in the Lord. Though times may get tough along your journey of motherhood or just your journey, fathers, sisters, brothers, aunts, uncles, employees, bosses, as long as you place your faith and hope in God, Things will be just fine. Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true. See, there we go back to the truth again. Truth is so important. Can you trust this person? Has this person given you reason to doubt them? In the workplace, is trust important? Yes, it is. In any relationship you have. I had a show recently about integrity, and it says your yes be yes and your no be no. And that helps with trust, doesn't it? It helps to be able to trust somebody when their yes is yes and their no is no. So whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, there is right and there is wrong. And some people can't see the difference. Some people just, they believe and they think that their way is right. And then, you know, the political realm, it's this way. Everybody thinks their way is right and the other people are ignorant. The other people just don't have a clue. The other side over there, they just don't get it. I wish I could help them, but they won't listen. And then they're saying the same thing about the other party. It's pretty sad. So what is true? What is truth? Where do we find it? His word is truth. I know that. And if we look at the actions, if you look at the fruit of a person, you can see if What's being said about a person versus what you've experienced. This is key, people. If you look at, if you listen to somebody else's view or opinion on somebody that you have a relationship with, are you going to let that overseed 
what you know to be true with your personal relationship with this person. See, I always, when someone says something about someone, I said, that is not the person that I've experienced personally. So I'd rather you don't don't talk to me anymore about that person. I, I would rather not hear it. And I say that, and there's people out there that know that I've said this to them. I base things on my personal relationship, my interaction, what I experience, both feeling, thinking, all of that. How that person treats me is my relationship. And I'm going to put credence into that. That's actions and that's fruit. So let our words and our actions meet. And if they don't, then there's something not right. But if they do meet, then definitely that's something to think about. Both good and bad, right? So where's truth? Actions speak louder than words. Have you found that to be truth with you? It is with me. Someone can say all the most beautiful things and you want to believe them, but then what they do is so different from that. And it's painful, isn't it? Especially when you have believed in this person. It's very painful to think, oh my gosh, I would have had no idea. Oh my goodness. That person's not the person I thought they were, right? each of you must respect your mother and father and you must observe my Sabbaths. I am the Lord, your God. That's in Leviticus. Here's another one I circled because I thought it was so important. That must be three. Yes, it is. Let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest. If we do not give up, how many of us have given up, given up on a person? Here's a story. The stepfather, the last stepfather, that was more of a father than my father was. He disowned me because of my Bible. He didn't want to know about my Bible. And my Bible was my life. And he didn't want to know about that. So he disowned me. On his dying bed, we hadn't seen each other, talked to each other in years. My my children were little, going to the hospital when he was sick once. And he turned it off and said, I don't want any ties. He had a new girl. And his girl stopped me at the door, wouldn't let me go in. And my little kids didn't get to see grandpa. And uh, they had pictures for him and everything. It was a very devastating day. But he turned off family ties. And he didn't tell me. His new girl did, which was even more painful. Anyway, so I, I did without that relationship. And so did my, my kids, which was their grandpa, uh, for years and years and years and years. And then all of a sudden, I get a call that he's on his deathbed. And all of a sudden, he wants to see me. And I'm like, I had a decision to make. How dare he? Um, he doesn't deserve me were things that went through my mind. I'm just being honest. Um, why would I want to put myself through that? He was really ugly. He was terrible to me and my kids. Why would I do that to myself? And then I thought to myself later on down the road, will I regret this decision? If I don't go, will I regret the decision of not going and at least seeing or hearing what he wants to say to me? So I decided to go, and I'm glad I did. I'm really glad I did. He fell asleep, and he didn't wake up. I talked to him. You know, I touched his hand, and I forgave him a long time before that. I had forgiven him, but that doesn't mean sometimes when you forgive somebody, it doesn't mean you put yourself in harm's way again. You know, they say forgive and forget. I don't know if I forget. It just doesn't have the same power it had over me when I didn't forgive. I hope you caught that. That was huge because I've had a lot of trespasses against me. And sometimes during my show, I, I bear that information because I feel like it's relevant or I feel like someone out there is needing to hear this and it's helping them. So I share um, 
my vulnerable places. And right now I don't feel like that's the time, but I will say that I've been through quite a few things and God showed me how to forgive. And it starts in the head. It doesn't start with the heart forgiveness. If the, if there's anybody out there that's struggling with this, if you are bitter and you're angry, you're not hurting the other person at all. Just know that you're only hurting you and it's your health. And you need to relieve that. You need to get rid of it. Release the bondage of unforgiveness because the devil wants you to stay in. He wants you to stay in this bondage and we want you to be freed. God wants you to be freed from it. And the only way that you can do that is to make a decision like I did to go see my stepfather that didn't deserve to see me. But I made a, a mental decision, a head decision to go and see him. And I'm glad I did, like I said. And I will tell you that there's been time, other times where I've chosen, chosen with my head, not with my heart. Okay, we protect our heart. It's very vulnerable. With our head, we choose to do this and our heart follows. Okay, just like the Lord just gave me a thought. It's not in here. Thankfulness. He says, give thanks in all things, right? Well, what does that mean? Pray in all things. What does that mean? It's just praying all things. It doesn't mean you have to be with your hands folded and on your knees with your eyes closed all the time. You never get anything done. But you can pray in your mind. You can pray while you're driving. Thank you, Jesus, for this. Thank you, Jesus, for this. And thankfulness, it's so awesome because it changes your attitude. It changes your altitude. It changes your attitude to be grateful and thankful in all things. And I have to tell you, if you're feeling down in the dumps, think about what you're happy about. Think about what you're thankful for. You know, we have a lot to be thankful for no matter what you're in, no matter where you're at. When you live in a way that makes your children proud, you provide a legacy of character and faith. How good is that? I love my kids. I love my grandkids. And Jesus loves you unconditionally. Be a blessing to someone each and every day. Until next week. God bless. Bye. It's a time of the year when bugs multiply like crazy and start looking for a home, your home. Ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, and a lot of other creepy crawly critters, even rats and other varmints. It's time to call E. Termite and Pest Control Services. They offer complete ecological pest control of rodents and insects. Ecola has one-time services, ongoing monthly services, their most popular and economical every-other-month service, and even quarterly service for occasional pest problems. Ecola keeps rats and mice out and eliminates insects in their nests. It's the most effective way, and their termite control is legendary. So call Ecola today for a free estimate of complete pest control at 877-332-BUGS. No more creepy-crawly critters like ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, rats, and other pests. Call them at 877-332-BUGS. 877-332-BUGS. Ecola, powerful pest control services as gentle as a butterfly. Ask about their two-year warranty. Call 877-332-BUGS. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.